All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here in the ClayEdwardsShow.com studios. And uh, this segment is going to be brought to you by a new sponsor we have here. I keep telling you we've, we've been stacking them up, and this is that. Uh, U-List Realty, my buddy Brad Burleson and his team over there are developing uh, the Stonebridge neighborhood right over there off 18 in Brandon. And sometimes I can tell y'all stuff, and then sometimes it's best to let them tell y'all about it. I got a little video right here. Uh, Brad, so if you're looking to build um, and whatnot out there in Stonebridge, you want to be in the Brandon School District in a gorgeous home, get in touch with Brad Burleson. Here he is. Hey guys, it's Brad. Look, I wanted to give you a really quick update. As I said above, Stonebridge is finally available for new construction again. We have homes that are starting at 1,500 square feet, incrementally going up to about 1,900 square feet. Framing is starting. We can have homes ready in about three and a half, four months from now. Uh, if you don't know where Stonebridge is, it's in downtown Brandon. You want to take the Highway 18 exit off of I-20, come all the way down. Uh, you can go past the Home Depot, the Pepsi plant, just keep going. You will go past the new Brandon High School, and then you will look to your right for Stonebridge Elementary. That's what I have right there marked. Stonebridge Elementary, you go past the school into the back of the neighborhood and you will find all the new construction. These homes will be three bedroom and four bedroom. They'll all have granite countertops, LVP flooring, two car garages. If they get in early enough, we can let them pick their colors so they could come in and pick what granite, they could pick what um, floor color, they could pick paint color options. We have these already laid out. They'll just basically pick packages. But again, if the home is already through that part of the phase, we won't be able to pick it out. So we want to get in early and they'll go fast. There's only so many of these as we're picking up the neighborhood where it left off about 10 years ago. If you or your clients have questions, I'll be happy to answer them. We can meet with them. Uh, we want to get the word out because these will go fast. Uh, really, once they're gone, they're gone. This was one of the premier developments of Rankin County when it first got launched. So I expect uh, folks to really love the convenience. You could walk to school from this neighborhood. So, again, uh, please share the message. Let us know if you have any questions. We look forward to hearing from you. My number is 601-832-2020. Uh, I'm here to help you where I can. See you. All right, man. Uh, look, if you haven't lived out in Brandon, you, I'm going to tell you, it is it is the most convenient place I've ever lived. There's a little bit of traffic issues here and there, but hey, that's going to be anywhere. Having that amphitheater in your backyard it is such a great asset. I never, I was I was telling the people I went to the concert with the other night, just we were talking about which way we were going to go, around the back or around the front, because they had that little carnival. I was like, you know what, it, it really don't matter. It's five minutes either way from the house to there. And then you've got downtown Brandon. You've got some fun little things to do there. You've got Burgers and Blues, the Gallows, Jenna Benna, the Cleaner Pizza Shack place. It's just a lot going on in Brandon now. And I uh, never thought I'd live to see the day. But uh, they got liquor stores now. <laughs> so check them out. Uh, that's Brad Burleson with Ulist Realty. And I will be telling you more about those guys as we go. Like I say, they're redeveloping or finishing the development of Stonebridge, a gorgeous development out there with homes starting at 275000 So, you know, that ain't, I, mean, I know it's a lot of money, but it, in today's market for a brand new home, it's really not. Nope. Especially uh, in that area in the Brandon School District and literally right there behind the Stonebridge Elementary School. Mm -hmm. So that's good stuff. Uh, we'll be telling you more about that. I'll have Brad on the show. So just keep that in mind. If you are in the market for a new home, uh, realtors, if you have a 
customer in the market for a new home. Stonebridge is back available. So good stuff there. Awesome. Tris. Yes. Give us an update on Anthony Fox. So yesterday, the appeals court um, denied his appeal bond. Um, and what that means, if you don't speak courtroom language, is you can appeal between, you know, when you can appeal to be out between when you're convicted and when your appeal goes to court or whatever. Um, and so they had appealed, you know, right after the, the first court case. Um and Judge Adrian Wooten, of course, denied it. So then it goes to the appeals court. Now, everything that I had heard was that the appeals court was not going to have any problem letting him out. Because if you follow the case, and if, if you Google darkhorsepressnow.com and Anthony Fox, you'll see what happened through that whole court case. Full disclosure, Anthony Fox has been a friend of mine for a long time. I took some heat on that, including the judge attacked me in court over it. Um, but objectively, what I saw was four four doctors who said that Anthony Fox was not responsible for the death of George Robinson. Still, somehow, in a lot of shady ways, this this jury comes back with a guilty verdict of manslaughter. Um, and when I say shady, like I've been doing this a long time, covering cops and courts. I've done it objectively my whole life. This is still objective. Something was wrong that day. Um. So, of course, it went to the, the appeals court, and yesterday it came down, and I'm looking at the, the paperwork here. If you want to know, um, and I know to a lot of you, you're not familiar with this case, and you're going to be like, oh, she's just, you know, rallying for her friend. But I want you to know the names of these judges that thought it was proper to deny the appeal bond of this man who, I promise was railroaded by a group of people who wanted him off the streets because he was shutting down primary drug dealers who were very well connected. And I'm not going to throw any accusations out there, but I think we've talked about it before. Um, but so Judge Westbrook, you said it, I didn't. Um, Judge Westbrooks, McDonnell, McCarty, Smith and M. Finger were the ones who voted to keep him in prison um, pending his appeal. Um I want y'all to know the names of the ones who voted and I think did their research. I mean, as a rational person, I don't know how you look at the facts in this case and you make any other decision other than Anthony Fox is a safe and honestly a a good idea to put him back on the streets. I mean, this man protects people. And yes, someone died after an incident that involved him. But the prosecution came with this whole story about how this guy was stomped and beaten and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Well, four doctors in court sit there and say, no, there is no evidence to that. He had a brain bleed because he was on Plavix and he swallowed cocaine. But guess who didn't let that in the court? Obviously, every time it would come up, the prosecution would object and the the judge would sustain so the jury never got to hear about how he swallowed some cocaine before his brain exploded um but anyway so these are the judges that that did their homework i believe um we've got barnes carlton and wilson okay sorry let me start over barnes carlton wilson and greenlee and lawrence so let's see barnes carlton wilson greenlee and lawrence is that five? That's five. Why am I looking at this then? Let's see. Anyway, so somehow that all balanced out. It looks like five on each side to me, but I'm probably reading something wrong. 
Um, anyway, long story short, Judge M. Finger is one that was so horrible in Rankin County that everyone was relieved when he went to the appeals court. As a matter of fact, there were active motions to try and get him in that direction to get him out of Rankin County because he was um, such a problem for, you know, being arbitrary. Um, now, Carlton did write an order um, to talk about his side of it and why he v- voted to grant the appeal bond. Um, the, the problem was that they said, the, the, you know, the opposing side that voted against the appeal bond said that Anthony Fox causes a special threat to the community. They based this on the idea that there was talk that Fox's a family member may have smashed a prosecutor's car windshield and that someone yelled some obscenities when they heard the verdict in the courtroom. So they say that that makes Fox a special threat. <laughs> Although, as as um, Carlton points out, they could find no evidence that any of that was at Fox's behest. In addition, um, you know, they're they're trying to do all this. Carlton goes through and shows that there was no proof at all of many of the things that the prosecution said made Fox a particular threat. So he actually, his first line was, um, I find that the circuit court abused its discretion in denying Anthony Fox's motion for bail pending appeal. Therefore, I object to this court's May 1st ruling. Um, he's saying right there that, no, we as the appeal court mess this up. He's saying the circuit court messed this up. Um, there are people, anyone who's familiar with the case, including the people who pushed to have Fox prosecuted, know that there was nothing in this case. By Jody Owens' own mouth to several people it's documented that he said there's nothing to this so I, I i feel like that's an important update because if you're out there thinking the justice system in hines county or i mean the appeals court is state i don't know who's connected to who or what's going on but it's they don't have your best interest at heart if you're no. somebody who concealed carries if you're someone who defends yourself if you're a law enforcement officer in hines county you're in danger Absolutely. Because nobody's looking out for you anymore. The justice system is not. And this hurts me to say as a prosecutor's daughter, but I'm looking over and over and over again where a very good man who did not commit a crime. And guys, I mean, it's for me to say that after all my years of covering court, this is this is a huge failure. I hope every one of you judges are listening. Huge failure. I'm going to say something. Um, I hope everybody involved in, in the witch hunt of Anthony Fox rots in hell. <laughs> and I'm not going to yes. take the gloves off. <laughs> and, if, and if hell don't work, a jail cell will suffice till you can get to hell. It's a nice holding spot. Right. And that day will come. Look, and I'm going to say this. It's not just because he's a cop that we're on his side. Um, as I've said before, yes, he is a friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. In the way that you know your friends, I know that there was no intent there to harm anyone. Um, secondly, I listened. I, for those of you who are going to come at me about, oh, you're so pro cop or that's your friend. I listened to the testimony. Did you? And, and thirdly, (laughs) I'm just going to say that one thing I've seen over and over in my life is that when you come after God's people, you may win for a minute. You may win for an hour. You may win for a day, but it's coming for you. God takes care of his people. So we're not just saying this because he's a cop, because I have looked at the evidence here. If he was a bus driver, if he was an accountant, the fact is still that testimony in court said 
he did not do this. And then some weird stuff happened in the jury room that we're trying to figure out. And here we are. Well, here's the thing, too. In Hines County, they have been that community. I'm just going to say this is Clay Edwards talking, not Teresa April. In Hines County, black community has been brainwashed that all cops are bastards. Yes. And that if a cop of any race, because you forfeit your blackness, apparently, when you become a cop, you know, in the eyes of the overwhelming majority of the black community. I'm not throwing everybody out with the bathwater, but y'all know damn well, just like I do, that post-George Floyd, you can't be a cop in the black community. I would say post-Michael Brown, even. Yeah, yeah, but especially George Floyd was an accelerator to that. And these juries, when they have the opportunity to screw a cop, they're going to do it just because none of them want to have been on the one that let a cop go for killing a black guy. You know, or I don't know that he killed him, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, for you know, being and, in that situation. For being in that situation. And so, like, Anthony Fox being black does not matter to these folks. This was still a race thing. Yeah. And it's because the, the guy that died was black. Well, and in I... A, in Jackson. Well, and I think I would say, and I'm not disputing what you said because there's all kinds of possibilities here, but... I would say, too, that it's the drug connection. Yeah. Um, The fact that George um, Robinson was a connected drug dealer. Um, The fact that Dennis Sweet stepped in with a lawsuit against the city. Um, You know, Dennis Sweet is connected. And it's funny because he's tried to get me fired before. And, um, you know, just... So there's there's all those things at play. Well, you know, also the the Hines County Sean chimes in and says, you know, the Hines County DA doesn't need to prosecute their own cops. They need to refer it out because you work with these guys every day. Right. And and let's stress again, the FBI cleared these men. Yeah. And another judge threw those two the the other two that were indicted, she threw the case out for not having any merit. Yeah. But why in all that is there one judge who will not release Anthony Fox's case, will not turn it over to be prosecuted with the other three when it was brought in by the other three, I mean with the other two rather, and um somebody in the circuit courts I mean, the circuit clerk's office decided to separate it, which shouldn't have happened. They should have been tried together. So if you want to look at all the bits and pieces here, a lot of things had to that don't usually happen had to happen to get Anthony Fox in Adrian Wooten's courtroom to be prosecuted by these people brought in by Jody Owens. Um, And Dennis Sweet was in that courtroom a couple of days and his son was in there other days because he's an, you know, an intern or something for the DA's office. Did Dennis Sweet throw Wooten a a fundraiser? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just days after this conviction. As a matter of fact. I also heard a rumor that he helped uh, pay for her law school. I don't know if that's true, so I I won't say that. I don't know, allegedly. Right. Um, But in the end, you guys... I mean, when I tell you that one day there will be a movie about this, mm-hmm. it is because you have not seen an innocent man convicted like this, railroaded like this, probably in recent Mississippi history. I'm not familiar with every case that ever happened. So so there's that. But also we were talking about, you know, him being a cop. I think it's worth saying that throughout he has had the support of other cops. He's had the support of the white community. He's had the support of parts of the black community. He's had the support of criminals that he has arrested. Some of the the letters that they got, that the court got, asking for a lenient sentence, were from people he had arrested talking about how he treats them with so much respect. And I have ridden with this man in his car, and I've seen that firsthand. Well, this is also why... That particular community, Jody Owens, the mayor, all the Black for a Living folks over there are 
fought so hard against his HB 1020 and state-appointed judges right. being put in Hines County right. and Jackson. That's why they fought so, so hard against it. This ain't one about Constitution, not about Jim Crow, not about none of this crap they like to bring up, apartheid, right. colonization. It's about they got a racket going selling dope. Right. And it's connected as high as it can go in Jackson. And they don't need a very integral part of that area to not have control. And and I have to add an allegedly to all that. Allegedly. To be fair. Well, I didn't say any names. But, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's one of the worst kept secrets in the world. And where the hell is the FBI? I mean, they, I believe the FBI, um, you know, we, we know that they cleared them up front. Mm-hmm. Um, if there were uh, things going on in the background that we wouldn't necessarily know about them because the, the feds do tend to be very quiet. There could be any number of investigations yeah. going on in right. this. The Marshawn Christopher thing. Nobody knew that was coming until, right. until it was uh, Nobody on saw the news. that coming. Right. So, all right, let's take a break real quick. Come back. We'll pick up on this and some other stuff. Breaking rules when necessary. Hey, look, I'm just going to tell y'all, if your boy ends up in jail in Hines County <laughs> on, God, a dope, I hope not. on a dope charge, just know I was set up. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that out there now. If Clay Edwards ends up in jail in Jackson or Hines County, I was set up. Right. Because I get on here and I run my mouth and I tell y'all what I believe is going on. And don't think that there won't be consequences and repercussions for being one of the few people in media mm-hmm. with the balls, I said it, to talk about these things. Well, and not only that, like I, I have honestly, and y'all know I'm not afraid of Jackson. Like for years I went to the scenes of these homicides. I went when they happened and I went the day after to talk to the people in the neighborhoods. If I'm afraid to go into Jackson, it's not because of the people that live there. It's because of the people that run it. The criminals... Your, your, your street criminals and, and the violence ain't why I moved out of Jackson. No. It was the fear of, I've told this story a hundred times, it was the fear of me having to blast one of them in self-defense. Right. And becoming the, uh, becoming the, uh, the defendant. Mm-hmm. Not the not the plaintiff, right? And we see that. I mean, we've seen that a couple of times in recent years. And and I I really want to know more about the story about the um, attorney that shot the folks that were trespassing in his rental property. You know, like as that unfolds, I want to see how that's going to go because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen and and this comes back to a lot of things. So the gun crimes unit um, that was formed again reformed under Anthony Moore when he was the um, interim chief. Um, it had all of Jackson's most proactive cops on it. Um, and every one of them in, if there was an opening for the DA to go after them and try to indict them or silence them or run them off or send them away, it has happened. And that is not because that unit was doing anything wrong. I was embedded with that unit. I, I was riding with them all the time. I saw his office want to run off law enforcing Cops, like good cops. That would right. be so counterproductive in a normal world. Right. Like you need these to help make your cases. Right. And meanwhile, you've got Dylan Arrington, you know, the guy that, that killed the pastor and then went and got himself killed down in Leake County. Mm-hmm. Um, he was set free on a $10,000 bond in Jackson. Now, granted, I mean, I think he had a auto theft charge or something like that. But the fact is, like, we're not focusing on the criminals that need to be focused on because right now we've got, you know, leadership, whoever you want to call it, who are focusing on trying to make sure that the police in Jackson can't do their job. 
And and the good ones aren't there to do their job. And there are still good cops. I don't mean that. There's there are plenty of good cops. Oh, you had to separate. But, you know, I, I know it's just weird. It's just weird separation of church and state in somewhat when you had to try to separate the good cops on the beat from the the crap in the command. Right. And you know the higher up stuff, the ones that are following the mayor's marching orders. Right. You know, this, and George Soros's marching orders. Absolutely. You know, I know people, George Soros has become this conservative boogeyman, and we like to throw his name around and this, that, and the other. But it's real. He's real. He's not Santa Claus. It's real. I mean, look at all the DAs around the country where, in these cities, where George Soros is funding these DAs, mm-hmm. election campaigns, and they're the ones with the highest crime rates. Right. I mean, it's phenomenal. I was looking at a story on OutKick the other day. I, I actually saved it to talk about it. It was like the actual statistical increases in crime in the major blue cities since 2020. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to is it they use that George Floyd racist narrative to pivot and say black people are being overcharged, blah, 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 all these things. And they're, uh, they're doing cashless bonds. They're not charging people with felonies for felonies. It's creating an extremely dangerous scenario right. in these blue cities. I got on a rant about it at the end of yesterday's show, and I didn't button it up very well. I said, I think one of the most racist things going on in this country right now, Therese, is it, coming from the white liberal side pandering to the inner city black stuff and right. continuing to pretend that all this black-on-black violence is somehow due to white racism. Right. When they, when it, it doesn't have anything to do with it. And we could just acknowledge that, hey, we have a problem here that ain't a, that doesn't have anything to do with race. Yeah. It has to do with a culture issue and a crime issue and whatever else you want to call it. And it's I don't want to say it's easily fixed, but there's definitely ways to curve the violence. But you're not allowing people to do that. Right. You know, but so we'll just sit here and pretend like, well, none of this would be happening if it wasn't for uh, institutional racism or, or, or whatever. Let's stop that. This well, is this is a this is a drug and violence and poverty issue, not a, not a institutional racism issue. Right. Well, and I think it's worth saying, you know, as somebody who, it, on multiple levels, um, I I don't claim to to know more about the inner city than the inner city, but I've been you know exposed to it in a lot of different ways w- between law enforcement and church and and when i say church i go to an inner city church i don't mean like sure. my church went and served soup one time um I, I think it's offensive as hell for any fancy white person to stand up and assume to speak for those people because if you have not been there and i i believe i mean i I'm, I'm saying this with just a little bit of knowledge because i haven't lived there i haven't fought for my life there you know that kind of thing but i think for anyone and i'm thinking of specific people in jackson some media that kind of thing who want to stand up there and pretend like they're you know god's white gift to the voice of the black people you are offensive and I don't care about your politics. It's offensive for you to assume that you can stand up and talk for these people on any level. And I say that with humility, as I've said, yes, I've been there. I've seen it more than some white people. I'm never going to try and assume that I know what people in the inner city go through more than what I've seen. But these people with seeing nothing, having never been there, have never, I mean, to me, if you've never been to a homicide scene and heard a mother screaming because her son was just killed in cold blood, you don't have a right to speak for most of these people. Nope. Let's take a break. Come back right here live. Hey guys, Clay Edwards here. 
I want to tell you real quick about RC Lawn Care. My buddy Richard Coley is going to be the guy you need to contact for all of your lawn maintenance needs. You can reach him at 601-502-3529. They offer roof-to-curb service, blowing off the roof, gutter cleaning, basic lawn care, including mow, trim, edge, and blow, full lawn cleanup, trash removal, garden supplies delivered, pine straw installs, driveway and sidewalk pressure washing if grass is growing you need rc lawn care mowing again 601-502-3529 richard coley at rc lawn care proud sponsor of the clay edwards show podcast